knows about the Lord's arrival, the Savior's name is Jesus Christ, for he became a sacrifice to save us from the wrath of God by preaching in the synagogue, by dying on the cross for us to save us from our sinful lust. Yeah, so read the Bible and cry out the Savior's holy name. And once you're born again, all new, you'll never be the same. You won't be carrying all of your heavy sinful weight, because Jesus paid it all, that it might change your fate. Not everyone you know or meet will be believing. Most of them hold fast to the one deceiving. They forget the God that holds the whole creation and that he deserves all of our adoration. Yeah, Jesus has been raised. For God resurrected him in three days. He came for the sick and not for the healthy, not for the righteous, but for the sinners. For the King of Kings has been resurrected, holy and divine. He has each of us selected. He died on the cross and then descended to hell. And then he rose up in glory to see his people are well. To see the sinners coming to repentance as they realize Jesus is the one and only entrance to heaven. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, there the Gospels. Acts carries it on with the Apostles. Jesus leaves them and ascended to heaven, going up in glory up above the eleven. Yeah, Peter stood up for them in those days, preaching the Gospel in so many ways, saying, Jesus has been raised, for God resurrected him in three days. Welcome to this edition of Coffee House Theology. An all-new season of Coffee House Theology, where we discuss God, theology, and all things pertaining to life over cups of coffee. I am your host, Jose Ruiz, and in this special episode, we will be reintroducing you to one of our co-hosts, the brainchild for Coffee House Theology, the one who begged me uh, when he was uh, about 13. I would say 13 14 something like that he uh, he wanted to start a podcast a YouTube channel and we did just that this is coffee house theology from our new uh, studios uh, he calls it one and a half uh, Mexican uh, studios uh, because he's half Mexican and I'm full Mexican. So one and a half Mexican. Uh, the other half Mexican is no longer uh, in California. Uh, we will be uh, patching them through, whether video or uh, just via phone. And uh, we will have him part of the Coffee House Theology crew. And he is uh, serving and ministering uh, at a church called Pillar Church uh, in Stafford. And uh, he is in Stafford, Virginia. And he decided he wanted to stay and he doesn't want to come back to California. He will be back in California for Christmas. Uh, so maybe we will get a, a episode a podcast going uh, for you guys. Uh, so this is an all-new season. And to start off the season, uh, we wanted to do an interview. I didn't want to say too much about 
my son and the reason why uh, my youngest, Josiah, uh, wasn't part of Coffeehouse Theology for a while. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, uh, give away his story. It's his story to tell. And I wanted him to do this interview. And I finally, uh, he decided it was time to talk about it. Um, what you heard is uh, his rap. He made that rap when he was probably 12. Uh, and he, all the music, uh, all the tracks, the beats, uh, he did that on GarageBand. And um, so he added the, the music to the rap. Uh, and so he edited some of the rap and, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I will put the lyrics down somewhere so that you can, uh, as you, if you rehear it, uh, you can read the, the lyrics that go along with the rap. And so, uh, I'm going to do this interview. Uh, some of it is pretty, he's very open. It's raw. It's real. Um, and so viewer discretion is advised. If you have little ones, uh, I wouldn't, uh, recommend that you listen to it, uh, around them. And it's up to your discretion as a parent. If you hear it and then you want to allow them to hear it and maybe your teen or child is struggling through some of those things, um, uh, I pray that this uh, interview and episode is helpful. Uh, we want to build up the body of Christ. We want to build up believers uh, as we discuss God, as we talk about theology, uh, because theology matters. What you believe about God affects how you live your life. We always end our episodes uh, that way uh, because that is the truth. Uh, what you believe about God ultimately determines how one lives their life. If you really believe and fear the Lord, you will walk in holiness. You will uh, be transformed by the reality that of which you believe. Um, so please grab a cup of your favorite brew or beverage and enjoy this episode. Josiah Ruiz, we are finally here. Welcome back. Thank you. And thank you for doing this interview. And I pray that it is a blessing to whoever is listening or watching. Uh, this video is going to be put out on Anchor, on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, it's on video, it'll be on video on YouTube and Rumble, and so um, it's good to have you back, and um, I've been wanting to do this interview for a long time, yeah. I've uh, encouraged you to want to talk about it, and so here we are today, finally. And uh, the first and foremost question is, 
how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, obviously, I wasn't doing well, you know, when I was dealing with several of my struggles, which is why we stopped doing coffee house theology for a while because I've been in several places like, you know, the, the hospital, outpatient programs, um, therapy, psychiatry, all that. Um, and it's helped me a lot. It's really helped me grow as a Christian. Okay. So, so I'm doing well. It uh, That leads me to where have you been? So why don't you tell us about all those places you just described? Yeah. Um, so let's back up a little bit. I became a Christian when I was 15, almost 16, which was a little before we started Coffee House Theology back in 2018. Um, I really started reading the Bible and I was I had an interest uh, a desire to grow in the knowledge of God um, and then I started placing my faith in Jesus Christ but shortly after that I also had some issues that developed issues such as um, doubt um, uh, depression um, struggles with lust uh, hospitalizations suicidal attempts um, crisis of faith those those things I have been struggling with since I have become a Christian not that being a Christian caused it but you know my sinful heart and my wicked ways have led me into other places where I um, I'm I I, I'm not proud of, but I'm, I'm grateful that it happened because, it, it, like I said, it developed me as a Christian. Right, right. Um, well, Jesus promised uh, temptation, tribulation, you know, peril, uh, you know. So do you think that that uh, came into your life? You think that's what, uh, you know, persecution, tribulation, uh trials that's what jesus promises uh to believers do you think that right. you saw it in a in a real firsthand sense yeah absolutely um i would just point out though that looking at it from where i am now and Despite how it felt, it wasn't as difficult as like, you know, how people were beaten for the gospel, people were slaughtered for the gospel, ripped in two, destroyed, they martyred. Exactly. Um, so now looking back, it's given me a little bit of perspective from looking at it that way, that my problems weren't as big as, say, those examples I give, because obviously I wasn't martyred, I'm still here. Um, but even now, it, it, it was... It was a real struggle, like the doubt overwhelmed me. Then followed. Tell the, us, tell us about the doubt. What, right, right, right. What, okay. What? Um, like I said, I became a Christian when I was fifteen, and shortly after that, like before my sixteenth birthday, I started struggling with serious doubt. Um, which is kind of ironic because I placed faith in Christ, and then I'm struggling to believe in that faith, um, or I was, and. Um, I was absolutely terrified of the idea of falling away from God, um, which I now believe is impossible because God has promised eternal security to those that truly place their faith in him. But at the time, it seemed very, very real. 
I had to read the Bible every day. Uh, I felt anxiety about that particular issue. Um, what particular issue? Uh, of doubt. And of the, falling away? Yes, yes. Okay. And the other issue was being afraid of committing the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, uh, which, if you don't know, is the unforgivable sin. I mean, you know, I was talking to the audience. The unforgivable sin where the Pharisees blasphemed Jesus and the Holy Spirit by saying he did those miracles that he did by the the power of demons. And I agree with you now that that is impossible I it, because I can't witness Jesus doing any miracles. Um, but at the time, it, like I said, it felt very real. I was afraid of doing it i was like i'm not gonna think it i'm not gonna think it i'm not gonna think it and um well i the 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 ironic thing is i i think that somebody that committed like the pharisees they blasphemed the holy spirit they committed that and they didn't care or have a concern uh people that fear or dread doing that the very fact that they have a concern says they didn't do this unpardonable sin, which I believe was a historical thing that only those that were accusing Jesus of casting out demons by the prince of demons, Beelzebub, they committed the unpardonable sin. Neither in this generation or the next would they find forgiveness. And the, the ultimate condemnation of them came in Matthew 23, uh, which is a, you know, if you want to see a loving Jesus, uh, read Matthew 23. But uh, so how, how did that play out? How did that manifest um, in that fear? And you thinking you committed that, what would you do? How would that impact you? Well, it would lead me to, it sounds strange, but I would literally get on the roof of the house, of our house, and I would be begging God to help me. I don't know exactly how getting on the roof would better my communication with God, because you can pray anywhere. But I was, I wanted to look up and say, God, please help me with this anxiety help me with my unbelief and um yeah i was just so afraid and um but now i know that i firmly believe in the gospel because back then while i believed it there was like two sides of me there was a side that wanted to believe and the other side that wasn't sure i wanted to believe and mm -hmm. the side that wanted to believe was terrified but now not that I've conquered sin, you know, but um, I feel more confident about my faith. Right. Because your faith is put placed on the Savior who secured salvation for you. Right. right? Um, uh, that's why the Bible says that God is faithful even when we are faithless. You know, Philippians 1, 6, being confident, being persuaded of this very thing, that he that begun the good work in you is faithful to complete it. He's going to finish it. He is the author, and he is the perfecter of our faith. 
So it's not about us, but it's about him. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the fact that he reveals himself to you through his spirit, then you should have hope and peace and comfort that God is the one who keeps you. I would say that reminds me of my favorite verse, which is um, Titus 3, I think it's 5. I can't believe I can't remember the number of my favorite verse. But I, I um, the verse goes like this. Jesus didn't save us because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his own mercy. Right. And that is that it follows what you were just saying um, about how I can't keep myself in salvation. It's God's mercy that first got me saved, and it's what's going to carry me through salvation all the way. Right, right, right. So uh, you were, you had a crisis of faith. What, what did that look like? Um, well, that, that was like one of the last things. It's one of the most recent things. Um, okay, where, okay, so then let's back up. Before that, you, yeah, okay. you got depressed. Yes. And then one day you tell your mom what? I told her that um, I had thought about committing suicide. Excuse me. Because my depression, it seemed to like come out of nowhere. It just kind of came into my life. Um, and I never had, like I said, I don't have any cause for that depression to happen. You've never abused me. Mom's never abused me. I don't have any poor circumstances. It's what I would later find out was a chemical imbalance in my brain that was causing me to feel lack of contentment. Uh, maybe people out there with depression can relate to this, uh, not finding interest or pleasures in the hobbies that you have, feeling hopeless, uh, empty, even when you have hope in Jesus Christ, if you're a Christian and feeling depression. Mm. Um, so it started out like that, and then I finally told my mom about how I was thinking about hanging myself um, outside in our backyard. And that's how the ball kind of got rolling, which led me to eventually make four suicide attempts. I'm not going to go into detail on it because I don't want to encourage anybody out there that might be struggling with um, thinking about suicide. I don't want to give them ideas. But I would say that two of them were done by means of trying to suffocate myself and then the other two were by means of poison where i wanted so desperately to die because i felt like i wasn't good enough that there was no hope for me um which is a reminder that our emotions are deceitful they they deceive us they um we have to stick to what's true we can't just go based off our feelings um but yeah, that, that led me to that low place. So, so, so these, uh, this hopelessness, these thoughts of uh, maybe you're not worthy, or um, you know, you're useless, or whatever you were thinking, you're not hearing voices, are you? No, no, I've never heard. Th voices. These are these are what thoughts that come into your mind. Yes. Uh, so they're lies, exactly. Obviously, uh, where do these you know where do these lies originate from? Uh, I would say some of it has to do with 
the devil because the bible even says resist the devil and he will flee from you so obviously the devil is still something we can uh have a problem with but another part of it like i said was the chemical imbalance in my brain so i think if anything the devil is taking advantage of that okay. and, and, and can these be uh would you say there are lies that you just say to yourself um yes uh they were lies that came into my head but every time that i attempted suicide i i went into agreement with what was in my head rather than fighting against the thoughts like the way you fight against sin i completely willingly gave in i was like i want to die i no longer want to be on this earth um, you you thought that would be the end of this hopelessness or at the time yes but like i've been saying my emotions are deceitful because the thought occurred to me um what if i wake up in the flames of hell after taking my life my situation won't be any better than it would actually be way worse because it'd be eternity away from God or under God's judgment, which I justly deserve um, if I didn't repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Hmm. So uh, you end up in the hospital. Uh, yeah. You went to a hospital in Torrance, which... Del Amo, I believe. Del Amo, yes. Twice. Uh, behavioral health. I think it was called. Um, by the way, that was probably the hardest thing that I, as a dad, um, I mean, I, I've gone through some horrible things uh, in my life, uh, but I think that that I can remember that was the hardest moment for me the first time we left you at the hospital and we had to, you know, uh, have you admitted uh, into that inpatient behavioral health, Delamo, it, it was the hardest thing for me. Like, even if I think about it now, it just, it, it, it's like my heart was tearing. And uh, I know you, didn't, you weren't there uh, we got to see you and we left. Um, it, it was, I, I, I literally collapsed on the grass outside and it was like your mom was picking me up. Uh, the hardest thing that I've gone through and I hope that that's the hardest thing I ever have to endure as a dad. Um, but so you're in Delamo, you're there for how long? Uh, the first time I believe I was there either seven or eight days. And then the next time was a little bit longer than that. Okay. Um, and it's kind of funny. I, well, it's not funny, but, uh, when I was in the hospital, I actually did get to evangelize to some people there. Whether they got saved or not, in the end, I don't know. Because one of them claimed to be a Satanist. One of them was a transgender. Um, but so even through this crisis... God um, has brought a little bit of... You were still uh, sharing Jesus. Yes, yes. Um, I would say that even going into the hospital... Because like before that, I would evangelize to kids in school... Um, 
at you know the high school and going to the hospital and talking to these kids it kind of helped build up more confidence in coming and going out and sharing the gospel that i believe in um even though i was struggling with depression and sometimes i still do you were sharing the gospel yeah and and even though you were going through depression yes so you were in delamo how long uh well the first time about a week eight days i think it was seven or eight and then like i said this the second time was a little longer maybe nine ten days and then the third time uh i was hospitalized was when i was an adult at was it It was loma linda um let's go back to the the first time how was it at delamo versus the second time oh it was the same i mean obviously different faces uh because i when i entered the program the first time that's when i encountered the satanists and the transgender the second time um i honestly can't remember anybody specifically because at the same time that I was feeling depressed, I would say I also had a little bit of crisis of faith. The crisis of faith has part has come and gone quite a couple times in my life, but it happened during the second time that I was in the youth hospital. I wasn't sure if I was a Christian, um, even though before that I had loved Jesus and wanted to make him known. I fell into this pit of just unbelief. Um, so I didn't evangelize to anybody the second time. The third time I didn't either, or no, I, I take that back. The third time I met somebody who's from the same town that we're in. Um, I can't remember his first name, but his last name is uh, Niles. Excuse me. He was a Mormon, and we started talking about Mormonism and our different beliefs, and I got to share the gospel with him. So despite poor circumstances of you know me, or poor decisions of me trying to take my life, God used that to bring about some good some sharing of the, his word his hope i uh i remember the call in the morning uh it was uh december 31st um 2020 right yes and uh i remember having to talk you down your mom was uh yeah that was losing it um but talking you down and uh you know doing the opposite of what your mom did uh and you know i remember just keeping cool and talking you down where are you at you know um for those that don't know what he's talking about uh i on the last time i attempted suicide i decided well i'm not going to give away the details but while i was doing it i called you guys to tell you guys goodbye because i was determined to take my life and god blessed me with such a good father because he managed to talk me out of doing the one thing i wanted to do at that moment which was to end my life and not feel like i was a burden to you guys um and god is good he wanted me alive for whatever reason he wants mm -hmm. me here amen god is good and i'm glad that we can talk about this we've always maintained a uh open line of communication uh josiah has always been 
uh, he's probably one of the most honest people I know. Um, always stand up, wanting to do the right thing. Uh, very respectful. Um, you ask him something and he straight out tells you, yes. Um, like the time that you got charges on your phone and you didn't know from what or you did know from what but we asked you and then you came clean about yeah yeah so that falls into one of the other things i've been struggling with which i still struggle with um is lust uh sin and, and pornography and even trying to um hook up with girls that i shouldn't have um i didn't succeed by the way um God is merciful. Yes. And, um, yeah, so it started off with just, I mean, I don't want to sound too dirty, but it started out with Israel me talking about masturbation in the kitchen. Uh, he was telling me about how he's struggling with it. And then me being not so good, but little brother, I ended up doing the same thing. And that kind of started things down a, a dark road. Um, of lust and and uh then pornography and then which eventually led to me wanting to fornicate right and um like i said you even went down to meet this person yes we don't even know if it's a girl or uh yeah sex trafficker or whatnot but in god's mercy these people never show up yes correct and uh you know we ask him what these charges are from because he has to call the bank and it was like a subscription right yes i subscribed to very expensive and uh they 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 refunded the charges right because yes so um because he wasn't even doing it anymore and uh, then he comes clean and he tells us the whole story. And, uh, you know, um, the deceitfulness of sin is, 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 is what, you know, not only does our lying heart deceive us, you know, the heart is desperately wicked. We should know it. Jeremiah 17, 9, right? Yeah. But not only that. We, we we deceive ourselves we justify things we um you know but but sin is crazy sin will lead you down a path that it takes people that were once rational or or would never do something Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Yeah. Always. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And there is mercy at the foot of the cross. There is grace at the foot of the cross. And through these experiences, how would you say you've seen the hand of God but for the grace of God, there go I. Have you seen God's grace, his restraining hand 
spare you yes like in the instance where i tried hooking up with that girl and she never showed up probably because she never existed that was definitely god's restraining hand on my life because i was waiting there we were gonna do it and she never showed up um and then i've had many plans you know of wanting to take my life but i didn't fall through with it because god's restraining hand like you said uh so i didn't like develop a plan i'm gonna go do this i'm gonna go do that i thought about it in my head but god gave me peace and um by the way some of the things that that helped me get through depression and are still helping me get through depression which i believe is a gift from god is coping skills so for anybody out there that struggling with depression coping skills um they help you get your mind in the right place to remind yourself of truth and not believe the deceitful feelings that you have like uh so for example a coping skill i learned it sounds simple but when you're thinking about killing yourself or being depressed just don't think about it anymore that sounds obvious but what i was taught by my therapist which i started going through therapy uh shortly after uh falling into depression um they she taught me that there are physical connections in your brain that develop when it comes to repetition that's like what muscle memory does all that mm -hmm. so if you stop thinking about it telling yourself i'm not going to think about this it's not going to run my day or my life eventually that will go away right so you should refocus it's not just about saying i'm not going to think about this mm -hmm. um you should refocus you should try to do something else yes right um so What uh, role did your mental health play into all of your struggles? Uh, well, I didn't mention, I've already mentioned um, depression, major depressive disorder. That's what I was diagnosed with. And I was also diagnosed with OCD. Those things fed into my struggles with um doubt maybe the ocd was showing up when i was doubting now that i'm looking back at it um i'm just realizing this myself maybe the ocd was causing me to doubt yes that part of my brain that yes. was just and by the way ocd for those that think this i used to think this the ocd was just the super organized people that had everything together that if you look at my room no there's nothing organized about me but um i do obsess and OCD does stand for obsessive compulsive disorder. I obsess over things like the doubt, like the lust, like the um, crisis of faith, wanting to leave the faith. So you obsess, whether it's good or bad, if your mind latches onto it or obsesses about it, you obsess over that. Yes. So uh, you obsessed over trying to juggle. Yeah. And you learned. Unicycle and you learned. You you pick up an instrument and you learn. You you so when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's really bad. <laughs> yes. Uh do you now uh realize that you're obsessing about things? 
Well, yeah, looking back at things like juggling, that's all I wanted to do at the time. And then there was a time when I wanted to read, and that's all I wanted to do at the time. I still remember I was reading one of the Aragon books, and you were you were telling me to stop reading because I kept doing it pretty much all day instead of doing homework, um, which I still didn't do. Or, or, or when you didn't watch TV at all. Yes. And then you'd sit back to back. We're watching TV. Uh, we're watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. Story of my and life. And you would be reading. <laughs> so, yes. I, I always thought, man, this kid's determined. <laughs> I wish I had that determination. Uh, I didn't know or recognize. You know when I saw your OCD displayed in such a real way? was one of the first times we went to see your doctor, your psychiatrist in our mm-hmm. office. Yeah. And you were obsessed with solving the Rubik's cube. But it's a Rubik's cube that doesn't come apart. It it unscrews. And somebody had twisted one of the corners. One of the corners. And you were trying and trying and finally you twisted it back yeah and i was like and she looked at me i looked at her and we were like we communicated that's his ocd and that was when it was like so real to me um so you have a major depressive disorder. That's one thing that I couldn't understand. And I, I don't have all the answers. I've read books now that he's gone through depression. I've, I knew that Spurgeon, uh, the Prince of Preachers, was depressed. Um, and he suffered major, uh, what they would call back in the day, melancholy. Um, I love the Prince of Preachers. I I. I quote him often uh, when i preach uh or just in conversation uh he has great quotes um as well as luther um but uh and they say that luther probably had some kind of mental illness uh i don't know what it was but um you know now they Mm -hmm. they want to get everybody with a mental illness so uh i have struggled uh not with depression per se but i have been depressed i think everybody goes through cycles uh you know we go through highs and we go through lows and we go through valleys and uh we go through mountain tops um and so i i remember when i moved out here to the stumps uh uh, I got depressed and then I, I, I got my, I lost, uh, I left my job and, uh, cause it was, I was driving to LA, uh, from the stumps and not working got me depressed. Uh, mm-hmm. so it was circumstantial, uh, depression that when I got a job and I was working and all that, then I got better. Uh, I'm, I'm a social creature and I was at home. Uh, you guys were at school. Um, 
So I I got depressed that way. How does your depression differ from like a circumstantial yes. depression? Uh um well they told me that I lacked um I believe the hormones serotonin. serotonin. Yeah, the chemical in your brain that causes you to feel content. I was lacking that. That's why I take medication now. Um, I take several pills for mood stabilization and, and, and you know, not not obsessing over things, um, things that have helped me and helped me stabilize so that I'm no longer struggling with that in a major way where it's like a crisis. And, and do you think it helps you think clearer or without the medication? Were you not thinking clearly? I would say I probably wasn't because, I mean, not probably. I wasn't because taking your life is an irrational thing to do. Right. Um, God didn't give us life so we can end it ourselves. That's God's job, to take our lives right. when, when it's time. Right. So, so what is that depression when it comes on? Do you feel it coming on? What do you feel? What is it? Is it like you're in a dark pit of despair? What is it like? Is it different than circumstantial depression? Um, I don't know how to describe it because I've never felt anything like it. Um, but um, like you said, when you were feeling low, that's how I was. Except there wasn't anything going around me. Like like I said, you and mom and my brother have been a good blessing uh, support system but I still would get into that low place of hopelessness not wanting to live anymore and while I sometimes think that stuff I with the medicine stabilizing and God's gracious hand on my life I've learned to cope with that along with the skills that I've been taught at the therapy and you know the 417 program which is a program for teens um, that struggle with various problems like drug abuse or, you know, mental illness. Right. So it's a sub substance. It's an outpatient substance abuse and mental uh, health uh, facility. It's outpatient, and we would drive. Uh, this was right before COVID. We were driving. Uh, over there uh several times a week yeah i think it was three times a week yeah and then COVID hit and then we started doing the zoom um and we but we still you know we we had groups we had uh parent groups we had a group together and then we had family therapy um and so uh you graduated that program and uh, I even got a coin, so that's right. So, uh, that, but do you think that your sin caused you to doubt God and want to justify your sin? Uh, I would say yes and no because, uh, um, lust did definitely take over my life um it 
I was afraid of being like the the um the parable Jesus gave about the four different soils that the right, seeds right, land right. on. I was afraid the of the parable of the sower. Exactly. That's what I was saying. Um I was afraid of being the third example where the the weeds and the thorns would choke the seed mm-hmm. um because that's where I was. That's why I obviously went to go the cares of this world. Exactly. They had taken over my life. I had fully submitted to them. And I believe the only reason I'm not fully submitting to them now is because God is gracious and is very patient with me. Um, because that's a big area where I struggle with. Um, but uh, it um, it did make me want to justify my sin at the time because I was so deeply in love with my sin. And, and do you think it made you want to deny God so that you are not accountable to God? Kind of. Um, I would say, yeah, sometimes I felt that way, but other times, even while doing the wrong, I felt convicted, like, you need to stop doing this. You can't give in. You right, can't right. submit yourself to this. This isn't right. This isn't the way God designed us to be right fornicating and committing sexual immorality and doing all that stuff right so um to quote spurgeon he says that someone that denies god or the bible follow them home and you will find that there's a moral reason and i i I find that when people deny god it's most of the time because they're living in immorality and and so therefore because they don't want to be held accountable to anybody they then say they don't believe in god but that was not your that's not the case with you and your crisis of faith um uh you understand my question uh because people try to not be accountable therefore they say god doesn't exist yeah um obviously that's you know illogical just because you don't want something to be true doesn't make it true right um but yes it did make me want to doubt god some of some of the doubt was fed in by that um but Another part that caused me to want to doubt God was um, being not liking the idea of eternity. And I think that had to do with a little bit of depression. I have many struggles. I'm sorry. The, um, it kind of made me not like the idea of going to heaven and spending eternity glorifying this God that even though he created me, that sounds absolutely boring sometimes, which I believe is my sin blinding me from the truth, which is God made me to serve him. Um, but, uh, so you found the idea of heaven boring. Yes, I did because I mean, I've heard it before. People have said that serving a God for all eternity sounds boring, but I would say that was, that is definitely sin because God made me to glorify him. He didn't make me for any other reason. He doesn't need us. He created us simply out of his out of his creativity and his his 
will to have creatures glorify him because he is so perfect and good and sometimes you know there's i don't know if anybody else feels this way but sometimes i feel inside like i don't want to do that but i know like i said that's my sin and i don't want that taking over my life just like i had with lust and all the other struggles i've dealt with well god god dwells in unapproachable light like we don't even what we know from the bible about god is what he has revealed Mm -hmm. but the reason why no one can see him and live is because god's just greatness and glory is too much for a human mind and this human body that we're in to take in yeah um something i've i've thought about recently um at least i think this is what's going on you know how people when they think they're good generally it's because they don't think they're as bad as some of the worst people right, that have right. been on this earth like adolf Hitler. Compare themselves with yes them. but god's not comparing us to other sinners he's comparing us to his perfect standard of righteousness right and we all fall short of that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god um you have i have mom has israel has the guy right. down the street smoking weed has we all struggle with sin and we unless we have christ are going to be held accountable right right okay um so you're doing good right now yes how did you get there um purely by god's grace because like i said i would still be where i was in doubt in depression in um sin of lust and pornography and crisis of faith all that like taking over my life had not god um stepped in and helped me out because i am such a fallen fallible human being that that's totally in need of god's grace i can't emphasize that enough okay uh where do you see yourself in five years um i hope because i don't have like a career that i've i've want to do and want to do for the rest of my life you know some people want to be electricians or movie stars or i honestly feel like i don't know what i want to do but all i know is that i want to glorify god and advance his kingdom okay okay i I mean you've been busy with uh healing and 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 going through all this you're on a journey uh so you built a tiny house i'm still working on it we haven't finished it yet okay uh when do you see that being done uh when it gets done (laughs) i'm just kidding i i don't i don't know because my brother was the main guy that was helping me build the house i have no skills when it comes to building stuff um so i need some help okay well we'll try to get you that help okay uh important question uh who is jesus christ to you and what influence does he have over your life um 
Jesus, as revealed and prophesied about in Scripture, is God come in the flesh, who lived a perfect life, taught the message that was given to him by the Father, and he died upon the cross for the sins of those whom he would grant repentance, so that they may be forgiven, and have a reconciled relationship to God, glorifying him, glorifying him forever in heaven. And the influence he has over my life is he is my Lord, who has had so much mercy and grace upon me despite my follies. He has atoned for my sins on the cross and now serves as my high priest sitting at the right hand of the Father. He has also given me his Holy Spirit, his comforter. Okay. That's pretty powerful. Josiah, I want to tell you that uh, I love you. I am very proud of you. Uh, I'm very proud of uh, the man that you are becoming and that you want to be. Um, and uh, through this all, uh, I, I, I feel that our relationship has grown stronger mm -hmm. and uh, we've grown closer. And so I pray that whoever listens to this, I pray that God uses it for his glory and that people would get help. People would talk to people. Um, you've always had open communication with us. You're very honest. We ask you how you're doing and you feel you're depressed. You tell us. Um, you tell us if you have thoughts. Uh, you tell us. So uh, as parents, uh, if you have kids, you don't want to close those lines of communication. You want to keep them open. Uh, you want to be uh, someone that your kid or whoever is hurting in your life can talk to. If you jump down their throat, if you you cuss at them and you do this and you 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 sound sanctimonious you are going to close the door you're going to uh ruin that line of communication and if they're telling you something uh and you shoot them down they will probably not come to you again so i pray that you pray for wisdom and I pray that if you are hurting and you are suicidal or you feel worthless, know that there is a God who condescended because he so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever would trust him, would believe in him, would find salvation and Christ will come and he will be your shelter in the storm he will come and save your soul he will come and give you peace peace that surpasses all understanding it may not be roses or dancing through the daisies but he's with you in the midst of the storm he is the lord is our shepherd we shall not want and even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death 
We're going to walk through it with him. And we will fear no evil for he is with us. I want to leave one last encouragement for the, the viewers. Um, whatever situation you're in, whether you're dealing with the things that I've mentioned, lust, especially if you're a guy, um, uh, you know, doubt, depression, crisis of faith, uh, you name it. God has been there. At least Christ has. The Bible says that Christ has been, te- uh, been in, uh, has been tempted as we are, um, yet yeah, without, without sin. And we can look to him for strength and we can know that you can know that you're not alone. Um, God will get you through it. Uh, there's a, a poem I read. I can't remember the name of it. And, um, I, I don't know verbatim, but the poem goes like this, that God and a man were walking on the beach and the beach represented his life because the guy is dreaming and he looks back at his life because he's at the end of his life and he sees that in the rough parts of his life like me with depression and and suicidal thoughts and all that low points he looked back and he saw that in those low points there was only one set of footprints and he thought they were his so he asked god god why does it seem like at the low point of my life, all the low points of my life, I I only see one set of footprints in the sand. I don't see yours. And he tells him, when you're in those low points, I'm carrying you. So you can look this poem up. I don't know it by name. It's called Footprints. Yeah, what he said. And it's, it's a real encouragement. I really like that poem because it, it's a reminder that God will carry you through your struggles if you are among his sheep. Well, I pray this uh, has uh, been a blessing. I pray that it will be a blessing. I pray that it helps you um, reach out to anyone. Reach out to us if you want. Uh, contact us uh, either through whatever platform you hear or watch this and we pray uh that god uses it for his glory and his kingdom and until next time uh god bless you thank you for joining us for this edition of coffee house theology i pray that the interview was a blessing and a help to you if you enjoyed this installment of coffee house theology please share it with the people you love and even the people you don't. Stay tuned for our next episode of Coffee House Theology. In the meantime, I want to remind you that theology matters. What you believe about God affects how you live your life. God bless, and until next time.